0: Hello and welcome to another special episode of the Women's Soccer Coaching Podcast with me, Steph Fairbairn. I catch up with Matt Ross, Assistant Coach of the Republic of Korea Women's Team once again. This time, we speak after Korea's 1-0 defeat to Morocco. Matt, thank you so much for joining us again. I suppose, like I started last time, just a quick check in with you and how you're feeling and how you're getting on out there.
1: Um... It's been a difficult 24 hours. Um As coaches, we we were kind of blindsided by the performance yesterday uh, and the result. We, we felt we'd done our analysis of Colombia quite well, the learning points that we needed to take out of that game and what we needed to implement for the Moroccan fixture. Uh The training was good in between. The, the, I think, like I said before, the girls are quite good at um, dealing with the emotion of the past match and looking forward. So everything was sort of, you tick a lot of boxes, the preparation was good, the training, um, the feeling in the camp was, was positive and we felt we'd done enough work to, to put in a performance that could get us some points and hopefully a win and then when it's difficult to reconcile what we see on the pitch with what we've dealt with for the last almost four years. That we we talk a lot about our principles of play, and we work every session is built upon two or three of those principles, either attacking or defending, and the girls know them inside out, back to front. And then when that whistle goes, we we don't we don't see them; they just desert the basic foundations of what we're trying to do. So it's really hard to understand. Well, actually, it's not hard to understand. on reflection of the, the league that the girls play in most of them, they're not exposed to the the scrutiny, the media, the, the attendances, the whole hype around what we've seen at the World Cup, which has been fantastic, but we've learned that our players aren't at the at the stage to, um, to deal with that pressure and be able to play the football they're capable of. So there's been a lot of a lot of report making, a lot of analysis, a lot of talks, a lot of discussion between the hierarchy of the football association, the coaching staff, um, to try to really analyse and then see what can be done post the World Cup to improve women's football on the national team career.
0: I know you referenced after the Columbia game nerves in the team and how a lot of the players had said, you know, we were actually really nervous. I, I suppose that's that's part of that. Did you see less nerves this time? Or mm-hmm. Did you see a change in that, or do you think it was pretty similar to the first game?
1: More nerves.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, we lost. Uh, we lost one of our most experienced defenders in the warm up, um, and I would I would contend that there was some physical issue there, but I would say a lot of it was mental. Um, and a good barometer for our team is um, uh, Eagle Min. She plays for Brighton in the WSL. And she's normally a very bubbly, charismatic, funny. She's our, she's our entertainment during training camps in friendlies. And if you see her during the warm-up or in the dressing room or even walking out during the National thing in the huddle, completely different character and that's even I said to her just before we kicked off I said you, you've got to smile, you've got to even look relaxed to send a message that'll radiate to the team that I've got this, I'm, I'm one of our top players and, and I've, I'm have i comfortable here, this, this is what I'm built for, this is what I've trained for all my life just come to World Cup and perform and but you could see that you could just see the nerves and you can see also when I when we watch, when we get the statistics on the, the high speed runs and the sprints and the distance covered, that the adrenaline, the cortisol, the the, the hormones that the, their body's pumping out in this fear state is it has stopped them being able to to run, to tackle, to make decisions. It's really affected um, key players. Which of course, if the key players are aren't doing what we need them to do, then the the rest of the team really struggled to, to have something to hold on to in terms of oh, I'll give the ball to her. She's, she's on her game today and, and we can start from there. We can build a platform. So more nerves and again, I expect more nerves again against, uh, against Germany in a few days' time. So yeah, not positive.
0: You did though, correct me if I'm wrong, I think your possession stats were a lot better than Morocco's. Um, what did that was that positive? What does that say to you? Or was that even more frustrating that you had the possession and didn't do things with it?
1: Yeah, I think the possession stats, well, I'd be surprised if they could have been any lower than we had against Colombia. Um, so I think the possession stats were were okay. Probably the areas that we had the ball um, were good, were positive. And then, of course, the games won in the in those two thirds, the attacking and defending third. So. We created enough chances that we could have scored two or three, I think, of the header just before half time, another few uh, uh, shots in near the end of the second half. Um but then of course Morocco had clear chances to, to kill the game in the first half as well. So that's that's the level that we're at that um you can keep possession, but it, it's what you do with it that that always counts. So a small positive you could take, yes, more possession. But uh, the only stat we really care about is that, that big scoreboard at the end.
0: And I can, I think, I think it's, it's, you know, I really appreciate that you're talking so open, openly with me about it. And you said, you know, we've built for this for four years and then we've realized, hang on, we, we need to do some more work on this side. Is that, for you as a coach, how does that feel? Is that frustrating? Or are you kind of like, right, here we go. Here's the next challenge. We know what we need to work on now. Let's look to move forward with that.
1: Oh, it's very frustrating because um, you, you, you reflect back on the, the hours of work, the meetings, the consultations, the, the hours with the video analyst preparing. We've made presentations. We've done conferences. These are our principles. Here's the philosophy. Is examples of training exercises we've created and you uh, you know just you year, literally years of work and this was well this is Korea's golden generation in terms of I think we're the oldest team at the tournament um, average age pushing 30 and that's with two 16 year olds in that 23 so you take those two 16 year olds out and it's 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 an aging squad. Um, so this was, this should have been the pinnacle of a lot of their careers. So as a coach, it's obviously we reflect on, on what we've done in these last three and a half, four years, um, but it's really frustrating. And you, of course it, it works both ways. The, the the FA might say we've had this, um, experiment with foreign coaches. It was always Korean coaches in charge of the national team. So they've, they've tried it with foreign head coach and assistant coach. And if you look just at the results in this tournament, you say it hasn't worked. So that's, I think that's for both sides to then have a few days after the tournament's finished. Assuming, of course, we don't beat Germany 5-0 qualify okay. Um And... But again that, that's coaching that you you put the work in and ultimately it's up to the players to to take it on board and to deliver when they have to deliver and if they don't, then you're accountable for it so it is part of the job when you're working at, at this level so you can't be you can't get angry can't take it personally you can't blame the players as people because they're they are giving their best with the tools and the system and the environment that they're in so um yeah, there's a lot of emotion going around now. So it's now important to get this game done and then sit rationally with the people that, that are important in women's football in and see what they want to do, see if they want to emulate what these developing countries are showing. Say Morocco, 72nd in the world, look like a great team, great potential, young players coming through, a lot of talent, all players, most of the players playing in the French league or good leagues around Europe. Um, Philippines also came from nowhere, won a match. So there's lots of little stories where the countries that have tradi- traditionally been strong need to yeah, adapt or, or fade away. And that's where Korea is now. Adapt, modernize, take on board what's happening in the modern women's game and, and, and start working even harder. You know, and
0: obviously you said that getting the next game done it is mathematically possible you can qualify but perhaps unlikely given that you're going to face face germany what is the yeah what's the preparation for that like what's the approach going to be like is it is it a bit odd going into it tell us tell us what it all looks like leading up to the germany game
1: so we've we've decided to break from say traditionally today we did do a recovery session this morning and uh, tomorrow would would usually be a match day minus two session, but we've decided to, to have a rest day um, and then just travel to Brisbane on Wednesday, have our match day minus one training and then play the match. So the feeling was we've been together now for, for a long time um, and just to give the players some space, again, to, to, to regenerate psychologically and, and physically. And we didn't really see the benefit of an early start off to the off to the field, um, just to try just to try and shake it up and, and try a different approach, see if we can find some energy, some some motivation. And we talked more today about um, thinking of, of of people in our lives that that we want to be proud of us and who we're going to play for on on Thursday. So we've tried all the tactical tinkering, we've tried all the all the other tools, and now it's. Okay, take some time, take some space, get yourself ready because, yes, we have a chance. And football is is, is a crazy game. There's there's red cards, there's there's penalties, there's VAR. There's, so, when, and that's what we said, when there's a 1% chance, we've got to, we don't give up. We've just got to um, give it everything. But even on top of that, just personally, I would, I would like to see if I was playing at the World Cup I'd want to score a goal even if we're 5 nil down I would want to score or I from the keeper I want to keep a clean sheet so everyone's got to have their own personal goals um to keep them motivated we I think uh, when you're in this bubble it's too easy to get down and and not realize I'm at a World Cup this is this is amazing and um what a chance this might be the only time in my life I'm at, at a world cup as a coach, the players could be the same. We just don't know what's going to happen. So we said, okay, tomorrow, take that day off to step out of that and, and maybe get a, a, a genuine feeling of, of how privileged we are. And there's one more game, possibly more, but let's say one more game. And let's, let's tap into that source within us that that's going to make us give everything because. A lot of the players, I think would would possibly struggle to look you look us in the eye and say they gave everything from from what we've seen and from what we've heard from them. So it's maybe a bit too too honest but uh, maybe for the for the coaches out there at at other levels maybe have the impression that that elite players give everything and i some don't, and this is really been eye-opening for me coming up through, from grassroots now at international football. But I also had the impression that things, things are different. Players are at a different mental level. They're at a different physical, uh, preparation level. And, uh, sometimes it's, it's not the case that they're, they're all human. I think I said last time, they, they peep first and they've got flaws. They've got, uh, they've got things they've got to deal with that aren't football related and when those things can get carried into the, into the team or into the game. Um, yeah, performances suffer.
0: And you said that, you know, everyone's got a personal goal as well, I suppose, going into the, into the Germany game. Do you have one? What's your personal goal for you as a coach out there?
1: I would like to be Germany. So I, I coached for five years in Germany. So a few of those players, um, I coached when I was in Frankfurt, um, and a a lot I've coached against them, um, and I would just love to beat them. (laughs) That's it's 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 Germany, so how many chances in your life do you get to coach against Germany? Um, And that's why I say it's it's Neil Mill. I would I'd be delighted if we could come off the pitch with with three points or one point. Something we need something to back to Korea to say we've we've, we've achieved something um, so for me personally um, we have identified some weaknesses Colombia showed that you can score against the Germans other teams Zambia beat them in their preparation game before the World Cup we beat Zambia yeah. so if you you know you can play these kind of games um, but on our day we know've we've, we've proven it that we can beat the top teams we haven't had A good day since we've been here so maybe it's it's time for things to go right for us and i I would love to go home with with three points against the germans
0: final question then matt you referenced last time that you're getting to kind of have coffee with your parents which is something you don't do very often (laughs) um how important has it been to have them around almost? As a, I'm thinking from a coaching perspective, how important is it that we have support systems and people around us outside of the game to pick us up during these times?
1: It's been, it's been excellent for me, um, even to, like I said, to even get me out of my Korean national team bubble because as well as my parents, I met my sister, best man from my wedding, came to Adelaide, so I hadn't seen them for a long time. And just to, of course, the conversation always starts with how are you? How's the team? What happened against Team XY? Um But I like to then turn it into, I need to just listen to what, what they're up to, what, what's going on in their lives. Again, that helps me put things in perspective. We've lost a football match. For a lot of people, it's turn the TV on, watch the game, turn it off at the end. And, and they've got much bigger problems than I have dealing with a team that, you know, didn't stop across or didn't man, man, mark in the box and we can see the goal. So it's a great, uh, it's a great, um, source of perspective for me to, to just chat with my parents, my sister, my friends, and it gives me energy then to go back in and, and work to make them proud and, and to put on a, put on a performance that, that those people. Because my parents, my friends, my family, they've got friends asking them about how the Korean team's going. So it, it, it radiates out that I, I, um, I need that. I need to bounce ideas off them. I need to hear what they're up to. And it just helps me stay grounded and, and humble, which, which I always want to be.
0: Look, well, thank you so much for, like I say, being so honest with us and opening up. And um, best of luck for the Germany game.